Advent candles. The first candle we, whoops, the first candle we lit this year was the candle for what? Kids. Oh, yeah, kid, big kids, little kids, it makes no difference. The candle of hope, and we'll light that again this morning. And our second candle was the candle of love, and we'll light that one now. Does anybody know what the third candle is? It's a, and it's a different color, and it's a different color just because we want to it brighten things, it brightens things up, and it's to celebrate Joy, okay, and it's also noted as the shepherd's candle, and so uh, light that candle this morning. Let's uh, read the scripture that would coincide with the music we sang this morning. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. For unto you that born this day in the city of David is a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Amen. Children? In the way of announcements, I only have one for you uh, today, and that is that next Sunday, December 19th, uh, following the worship service, it says, bring a batch of cookies or sweets to swap. It's the Christmas sweet swap. And I, I don't know why I have to say it so slow, because if I say it any faster, I don't get it out right. So Christmas sweet swap. And so again, that's uh, next Sunday after church. And uh, your cookies or sweets to swap, and uh, you'll have bring enough to to share with people, so that uh, some people will take some of what you bring home, and you'll take some of what other people bring home, and we'll have all those delicious goodies at home. Bring the recipe. Bring the recipe. Okay. So, gentlemen, ladies, whoever's bringing the sweets. Bring the recipe. A sweet swap recipe book? Wow. Okay. The third edition. Okay. Uh, what we're going to be looking at today is uh, first, second, and third John. And As we get into it, I, I, I want to read uh, from the uh, last 
next to the last chapter, actually, of the Gospel of John, uh, the, uh, the last couple of verses of chapter 20. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in Him. John writing very explicitly there that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that you may believe. And with that, we have uh, in the in the Gospel of, of of John also the first few verses. Uh, we've shared these when we went through the book of John, but I want to read them again this morning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Dropping down to verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. Glory is the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about Him and cried out, This was the One whom I said, He comes after Me. He ranks before Me, because He was before Me. And then verse 18, No one has ever seen God, the only God who is the Father's at the Father's side. He has made Him known. Paul Make, or John making it very clear that he's speaking of Jesus as the Word of God. He was in the beginning. He was with God. He was, so he's eternal. And at the same point, turning around and saying, and the Word became flesh. It's extremely important to understand what John means when he says the Word became flesh. It means he truly became a man. This was essential in order for Christ substitute for us at the cross to cover our sins, to be the perfect sacrifice. He had to be a man in the flesh. God in the flesh was the only one that could do it for us. And in doing so, He has purchased our salvation. Well, what happened as the the early church was getting started and, and in a lot of different areas, uh, what you might expect to have happen was that there was also some false teaching going on. And this is what John is dealing with in the first and second and third John. Uh, the, this, this, he says, John, you know, I, I put it this way, John is dealing with false teachings. We are to test, he tells us, the spirit of what we are reading, what we are watching, what we are participating in, what we are identifying with. We are to test the spirits of the things around us to see if they are from God. And he has a very specific test. Uh, he says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. This is in 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. 
By this you know the Son, the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. There was teaching going around at the time that, that was saying that flesh and, and anything that's made of matter is evil and only the spirit is good. In fact, so much so that they formed an idea that the spirit was separate from the flesh, even in, as we were living here. You know, and the idea was that, in fact, well, there's two extremes. One was asceticism, the idea that we have to punish the flesh and, and deprive the flesh. And there were many who practiced that in the sense of, of, of denying the flesh to, to be, have any kind of pleasure at all because that was sin. And then the exact opposite was licentiousness, which was the idea that the flesh and the, and the spirit aren't part of each other. The flesh can do anything and it's unimpact, it has no impact on the spirit. And so you can, you can have sexual immorality and all these things and it's okay. So, this idea of separating the spirit from the flesh was what was going on in the form of teaching. Gnosticism was the, the primary. And, and it was beginning to interfere with the, the teaching even in the church. So that's what, what John is addressing here. And so again, he's saying, test the spirit of everything. Does it confess Jesus Christ come in the flesh? If it doesn't, it's not from God. But then he's very specific. He says it's of the Antichrist. And, you know, normally we think when we talk about the Antichrist, we think of end times and a ruler, you know, ruling the world, uh, standing against God, thumbing his nose at God. But the spirit of the Antichrist, he says, was with us from, from the beginning. The spirit of the Antichrist is, uh, is Anything that comes against Christ, anything that says, you know, the scriptures aren't God breathed, it's of, it's, then it's it's not of God. It's and, and it's basically two camps as far as John's concerned. There's the camp of God and His truth and His word, and there's that that does not confess God. And we need to be. I really believe, and I and I, and I find myself fighting my flesh over this myself, is that we need to be equally determined that we see the world this way. And so the, the question just comes down to, does it confess Christ come in the flesh? Think of our culture. What confesses Christ come in the flesh? Evangelical church as a whole. But there's even churches that wear the name Christ who are, who are uh, centuries old they don't confess Christ in the, in the flesh anymore. In fact, I, I, I know one church, uh, a pastor that I was talking with once uh, a number of years ago, who was commenting, he asked uh, what we preached. And I said, well, we preached the gospel and, and, and the, the, the word. And he says, well, what do you mean? And I said, we preach through the Bible. We preach the word of God. We preach. Uh, expository primarily. We take a verse, we explain it, and we put it into detail and teach the, the congregation. And he says, as if it were true? Yes, as if it were true. <laughs> because it is true. And he says, so you believe the creation story? I said, yes. 
You believe the resurrection? Yes. He says, well, we, we he says, what we teach is that the resurrection is that the teachings of Christ was resurrected, not a bodily resurrection. This is something that's just, it's, it's been with the church coming on and off all through history. And so John is concerned about it. So he addresses it. And so he puts this out again as the, as the idea of, of test the spirit. Test what it teaches. Does it teach that Christ has come in the flesh? Now, I want to go back to 1 John chapter 1 just to go over these uh, first verses that he opens with. They, there's a real parallel with John chapter 1, the, the Gospel of John. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands... Concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things to you, uh, these things so that, that our, or actually your joy, may be complete. His personal testimony here, John's personal testimony. And in fact, he's speaking for the apostles there. and he's, uh, Basically, he's letting us know, I was there. I was there. We have seen, we have heard, we have touched him. Referring to the apostles as well. And so I was going through this in my thinking and I was wondering what you would put down for your list. uh, Just kind of off the top of your head. uh, What are the things that John had seen that would have just amazed him? What are some of the things that he had seen? There was the first one that came to my mind was the transfiguration. And I know that happened later in the, 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 his walk with the Lord. But seeing him on the, on the Mount of Transfiguration, where he saw him in his glory. You know, Peter's comment was, oh, should we make some tents for you guys? You know, <laughs> you know but, but the idea was, what an experience that had to be. But what else had he seen? The crucifixion. He'd seen his death. He was there at the foot of the cross. He'd seen his death. Knew that he had been buried. He knew that he had resurrected because he had seen him. He saw his ascension. And what did the angel say at that time? Don't stand around here. Go do what you've been told to do, basically. And, and, and Jesus is going to what? Return. As he has gone, he shall return. I also put down here just all of the miracles that, that, he was, that he witnessed. He saw people raised from the dead. And the most, the, the most amazing one would be Lazarus. Dead four days. It wasn't something that, you know, like he had just dropped dead and, and Jesus raised him, where someone might come along and say, well, he really wasn't dead. At the point that Lazarus was, was in the tomb, they were saying, He's, his body's going to what? 
It's going to smell because he's a dead man and he's in decay. And yet, when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, he stood at the front of the tomb, fully healthy, no decay, after four days buried. He saw the feeding of the 5,000. He participated in passing out the loaves and the fish. I, I just I think of all these different things that he saw. And so he says, I have seen. We have seen them. And then he talks about we've heard him. And again, the first thing you, that, that might come to your mind, at least that it was for me, was the, the Sermon on the Mount. He heard it. He was there. He was at the Last Supper and he heard the teaching of Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one comes to the Father but through me. And then he touched him. He touched him while he was living. And he touched him after his resurrection. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus uh, stands before the uh, apostles. I want to read this one to you. Chapter 24 of the Gospel of Luke, uh, starting with the 36th verse. As they were talking about these things, this is the apostles, uh, the disciples talking, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do you doubt, uh, doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. Again, that confirmation. Jesus was originally in the flesh, the, 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 the Son of God, the Word had become flesh, and now His resurrected body is in the flesh. Touch me. See. Spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And when He had said this, He showed them His hands and His feet. And while they still disbelieved, for joy they were marveling. And he said to them, Have you anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he took it and ate it before them. Luke, John, they're wanting us to see who this Christ is. He is God in the flesh. He became man. Paul tells us in Philippians that he emptied himself and became a man, a servant to men, even a servant to the point of dying on the cross. But then, through his resurrection, his name would be exalted and every knee would bow and confess that he is the Christ, the Son of God. John had seen him, he had heard him, he had touched him. And so he says, what we have seen and what we've heard, in verse 3 he says, 
we have declared to you. I appreciate the, 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 the picture here. Then he says in verse 4 of, of chapter 1 of First John. And what we are writing, and, and we are writing these things so that our, your joy may be complete. The idea of joy here is a, a celebratory type of thing. It's the idea of, of coming together in such a way that, that we express not just a, a feeling or an emotion, but something that, that is a confirmation from within that brings a joy that's different than the world brings. He brings us a joy that, that completes us in a sense. The angel said, you know, I bring you good news of great joy. You know, it's, gonna, it's, it's going to fill you. It's going to change your lives. We are to be a joyful people. Now, does that mean that we were never sad? No, there's Scripture that tells us when we weep, we weep together. When we, when we have joy, we have joy together. No, it's not. But it's an attitude of heart. We have joy all the time because we have Christ. And no matter what the world does, no matter what happens, we have Christ in us. And He will see us through to the end. He will complete the work He has started in us and see us through all the trials and tribulations. He will complete us in every way. I think of the the Scripture again. We're in the world, but not of it. he He says, we have overcome the world. Again, that our joy may be complete, that may be full. This great joy is in the sense to, to bring us to a point of, of sharing in our in fellowship together. This idea of fellowship is that we have fellowship with the Father. And the Son. And we have fellowship with one another. It is essential that you get the order though. We have fellowship with the Father and the Son. So that we have fellowship with one another. We fellowship with one another in the Father and the Son. Because of the Father and the Son. Because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And we have it now and forever. And again, that thought, in the world, but not of it. In 1 John chapter 5, John, again, writes, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. How are we going to be known, Jesus said? We are Christians by how? How we love each other. Here John confirms that again. 
who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. In the same chapter, verse 4, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who, who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? By placing our faith in Christ, we overcome the world. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this is life in, in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. To be saved, it must be in Christ. In Christ alone. There is no other way. I write these things to you. John again writing towards the end of chapter 5 of 1 John. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. We are never to be in that position where we think, gosh, am I saved or not? And, and be in a quandary. That doesn't mean you ever, that you never come across a situation that challenges your faith. Don't misunderstand me. But generally speaking, we are to live as people who have that confidence. We know that we know that we know that the Son of God came in the flesh, went to the cross, resurrected, and, and has ascended, and is returning again for His church. And that we are His church. We are his, the children of God. Romans chapter 8 speaks to us. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We are heirs with Jesus. It comes back, and this, this would just tie my sermon together this morning. By this, and I've already read this, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Every person also who confesses. Paul makes it so clear when he writes that Everyone that confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart that Jesus is the Christ and that God raised Him from the dead shall be saved. We are the children of God. This morning, as we share in communion, we have the communion set up up here, we're still not passing the tray around, uh, but we have the, the communion set up in such a way that we still have the packets, if you prefer to use the packets, and we also have the communion, and we have it in the cup, 
with the bread under is there and then the cup of juice is set on top of it. And so when you come up here, feel free to take whichever one you would like. Uh, don't hesitate to, to uh, take one for someone else and as, decrease the number up here and, 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 and uh, we'll just share communion this way. So while the, the worship team is singing our communion song, we'll be asking you to come up and to pick up the communion. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. From God our Heavenly Father, where a blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same, how that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Fear not, then said the angel, let nothing you affright. This day is born a Savior of a pure virgin bride to free all those who trust in him from Satan's power and might. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. And when they came to Bethlehem, where our dear Savior lay, they found him in a manger where oxen feed hay. His mother Mary, kneeling down unto the Lord, did pray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Now to the Lord sing praises, all you within this place. And with true love and brotherhood, each other now embrace. This holy tide of Christmas, all others doth deface. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. In the Gospel of Mark, it's written in reference to the first Lord's Supper. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread. And after blessing it, He broke it and He gave it to them. And He said, Take this. This is My body. And He, and he asked them that, he would, that we would share it in remembrance of Him.
And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Let us share. Within the framework of communion, we celebrate His death, His burial, and His resurrection. And is coming again. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for the opportunity to gather together this morning to worship and to open Your Word together. And Lord, as the Christmas uh, celebration approaches, what an, a beautiful time for family to be together and to share and, and to enjoy each other. But Lord, we also ask that You would cause each of us to take that time to reflect of all that You are, all that You have done, and all that You are yet to do. As we celebrate Your birth, we celebrate God becoming flesh. God in the flesh. We worship You. We thank You, Lord, for Your love, Your mercy, and Your grace. In Jesus' name, Amen. Would you stand as we close, please? Heart the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconcile. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hide the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Please, as man with men to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel, hide the herald angels. Glory to the newborn King. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and light to all He brings. Risen with healing in His wings. Mild He lays His glory by. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hide the herald angels.
glory.